I don't know if you have considered how much easier life is now than it was yesteryear, shall we say. If you've considered how the advancements of technology have made life far smoother for us in many places. One of the ways that this has happened, one of the areas this is probably most um, visual, is uh, communication. Communication is probably the easiest way of looking at how life has developed. We've gone to this crazy space now where we can talk to each other no matter where we are in the world. We can communicate with one another no matter what the distance might be, whatever the issues might be. So I want to give us a little demonstration of this. I'm going to work backwards. Uh, so we're going to start with uh, one of the easiest versions, and then we'll move back to one of the more simple, shall we say. So I don't know how many of you have used this before. Um, a quick show of hands who's used Skype or FaceTime or any of these wonderful kind of video-based uh, technologies. These are wonderful. I don't know how many of you, uh, I'm gonna, if this works, this will be superb. If it doesn't, then there is zero reason why Steve is currently stood outside of the church building. Okay, Steve, you're going you're to have to ring me because you never answer with the video. My face is here and all your faces are here. Steve, can you ring me back? Yeah. Cool. Jess, you might have to go and help your dad in a minute. This demonstration worked brilliantly when we practiced it. Okay. Okay, moment of truth. Ah, okay, so can everyone wave to Steve? Steve, can you see everyone? Good, when I'm seeing this way. Okay, you can come back in now. So everyone can welcome you back in as you come through the door. There he is. Okay, so FaceTime, Skype, it's one of those amazing things and for a lot of us that use it, we tend not to be at one end of a church and the other. It tends to be if we've got friends or family that are traveling. And it's a wonderful way to check in with them. It's a wonderful way to be able to engage with them, even though they are at a great distance. Of course, the other wonderful development we've seen, I'm not going to phone anyone because we've proven with Steve that that's going to take longer than it needs to. <laughs> but phones, mobile phones, we can ring people in the moment. Show of hands, how many of you have had to make a phone call because you have managed to lock yourself out of your house? Yes, totally worried it was just me for a moment then. Mobile phones are amazing. They allow us to be able to make those phone calls, engage in contact super quick. Again, doesn't really matter where we are, doesn't really matter what kind of time it is, what the situation is. Gareth, if I could borrow you again. Hands up, who grew up using these to talk to each other? Could you go out through that door for me? Uh, I did test the string was long enough. And bright enough. Okay, see, I don't know how these work, much to my shame. Gareth, can you hear me? Okay, I'm going to go for no. Or you're meant to say something. Okay. It's got to be tight. Okay. Don't touch it. Okay, ga. Sorry. Okay, come back in. Let's try it shorter. Let's try it shorter. It's fine. Makes my point anyway. It's all right. Okay, come come, come close. Okay, now make sure it's taut. I've been told it has to be taut. So you stay there. I stay here. Okay, can you hear me? 
go. You go, you go. I actually can hear you in here as well. I did not think this would work. Brilliant. Okay, thank you. A round of applause for Gareth. Okay. So we have uh, some wonders of technology. We also have wonderful pink string, which is superb. It's amazing, isn't it, how we are told the developments in technology mean we are in more in contact with each other than we've ever been. We are closer now than we've ever been before. And yet the truth is, actually, the distance between us remains the same. If someone is abroad traveling, being able to FaceTime them whilst lovely does not change the distance away they are. Being able to ring someone in an emergency still leaves distance between us. Kids will sit in their rooms playing computer games with headsets on, chatting to one another. Houses, villages, cities, countries away from one another, having conversations. I miss those days of tin cans and string where you really needed to be within earshot of each other to really hear what was going on. Despite the wonders of my baked bean can, my dad's screwdriver, I could chat to my friends. They were never really that far away from me. At best, maybe they made it to the garden and I was stood in the doorway. But we were still close. Those friends are now over in Bristol. Some of them are traveling the world, friends in Dubai. The distance has grown. I've got friends that send me those horrible picture messages from abroad of stunning beaches while I am sat in rainy Wales. As I said, our ability to contact one another has increased. But I wonder at what price. I wonder what price we've paid for this wonderful connectivity that we've been given. I am more plugged into my friends' lives now than I've ever been. Through the wonders of Facebook, Instagram, all the other ways that we can update. I can send them text messages, WhatsApp messages, Facebook messages. We can hang out in Google, and I don't understand that one. But we can do all these amazing things, phone each other, FaceTime, Skype. It goes on and on and on. The list is never-ending, it seems. We are so plugged in to one another. But yet, the distance remains. The distance is still real. And I wonder if sometimes this struggle leans into our faith as well. I wonder if sometimes this struggle becomes a part of how faith is because we can be more plugged into faith now than we've ever been. We are more plugged in than we've ever been. We have audio versions of the Bible. We have worship songs on demand. We have the Bible on our phones We've got God TV. The list goes on and on and on. But the truth of it is this. None of those things can replace what we're called to. None of those things fill the void of what we are called to, which is relationship with God. That's the calling that we have, is to be in relationship with God. It goes beyond that after that moment. But to begin with, it's about being in relationship. And all those wonderful things may well enable us to read or see or listen about God, but it doesn't replace God. So I wondered if I were to ask you this question, what your response would be. Where is God? Where is God to you? 
For some, there will be the right answer, the good Christian answer. But if we're honest with ourselves, how many of us assume God is happily sat on a cloud with a harp, chilling out in heaven? How many of us have that image in our heads? How many of us treat God like that? How many of us find ourselves looking at the chapels in the valleys and going, you know what, God is there, God is in this space. How many of us go through our Bibles and we look at the old text and we're there and we're going, you know what, this is where God is. God is here, God is in the chapels, God is up in his cloud heaven doing his heavenly thing. Or would any of us answer, God is close, now, intimate, now. God is close enough to have that tin can and string kind of relationship that we had when we were younger. I'm going to invite Jess up, who's going to come and bring us our reading this morning. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learnt or received, or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I have a belief that how we see God affects how we engage with him. It affects our view of him. A clear indicator of how we engage with God, how we view him, is how we pray. Now, I hark on about prayer, and I know that, but I'm beginning to understand just how important my relationship with God is. And as I understand that, I understand how important it is to be in relationship with him daily. And that's where prayer becomes this huge thing. So I want us to consider this verse through three different prayer styles, three different types of communication. And hopefully it will help us to reflect on maybe where we see God, how we view him, where we think he is currently residing. We heard that wonderful part of scripture from Philippians. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Stunning, again, as always, parts of the Bible that we like to reel out to people. But how do we do it? How do we beat anxiety? How do we get past those moments where we wake up in the night and suddenly our mind is racing and we can't deal with what it is we need to deal with in that moment and we find ourselves awake until sunrise? How, when everything is going on in our lives, do we sit in that peace 
that goes beyond understanding. Paul makes it very clear. It's through prayer. But I wonder when. I wonder when we choose. So there's these three variations that I want us to consider. The Skype check-in is the first one. The Skype check-in. I like to consider this one as the God is there. He's there. But it's kind of a bit of a religious thing that I do to check in with him every now and then because that's what you do when someone's traveling the world. You need to check in. So this first one is the Skype connection. I know not everyone uses Skype or FaceTime, so for those who aren't necessarily quite into that yet, it's kind of the whole email thing that you might send if someone was traveling. For some of you, it might have been that you sent letters, uh, postcards. But it looks or sounds something like this. Hi, how are you? Hope you're well. The photos look amazing, said resentingly. We broke the washing machine, so I'm wearing a 10-day-old T-shirt. And so on and so on and so on. Filler. Filler. To check in with someone that we don't see, we don't spend any time with, but we feel like it's the right thing to do. I wonder for how many of us our prayer life reflects this. How many of us have a prayer life where we consider Sunday again? Should probably dress, go to church. We'll pray there. Check in with God. Check he's still all good on his cloud. Make sure I'm in the right place. How many of our prayer lives reflect that? In the middle of a busy week, we think, gosh, it's been a while. Before bed, kneel down beside our beds and say the prayer that we learned when we were a child. Checking in, making sure everything's okay. If this is something that you can relate to, If your prayer life reflects this, then I would suggest, knowingly or unknowingly, you have developed a view of a God who is sat on a cloud. You've developed a view of a God who is there, we're not denying he's real, but who is distant, disengaged, uninterested in your daily life, but is still worthy of just keeping in touch with and checking in with. If your prayer life is like that, you're going to feel like God is distant, uninvolved. You're going to start to feel like God and prayer and faith is laborsome. It's a drag. It starts to be draining to continually feel like you need to come back to that. If that registers with you, if you can relate to that, please know this is not a message designed to tell you off. It's not a message to make you feel bad. I hope what you'll see is actually this is a message to help you open your eyes to the fact that you are missing out. When that's what you've boiled your faith down to, you are missing out. The second model idea that I want us to consider is the crisis phone call. The crisis phone call, which in prayer language translates like this. God, I need you now. God, now, like, actually, I probably needed you about three minutes ago, but I could do with you right now. Don't get me wrong. There is nothing I enjoy more than those panicked phone calls in the middle of the night to get my adrenaline racing. There is nothing that I enjoy more than finding out while I'm sat in the office that there is water spraying everywhere in our kitchen because a pipe's burst. Or that Evie has vomited all over the car 
and I'm going to need to come and tidy that up at some point. I'm sure each of you have had them, those phone calls from someone you care about or you love which are panicked. This is going on, this drama is happening now, and I need a solution. For some of us, and those of you who were honest enough to raise your hands to having been locked out of your house, we have made those calls. We've made those high dramas, everything's going wrong, I don't know what to do, phone calls. Those calls, if you notice, are made because of something. We make those calls as a reaction to something that's going on. We don't ring up and say, hey, I'm just considering that I might forget my keys today. Would it be all right if you just carried a spare pair for me all day? We don't ring and make those phone calls. We ring up and say, I'm locked out of my house. It's raining, and I really need to get in because I need the toilet. That's when we make those phone calls. It's almost the anti-version of the passage we just read. Those calls are like the anti-version. We've read, do not be anxious about anything. Later on we read, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. So why is it that when I come to God, I'm in such a fluster? I'm in such a fluster because right now, I don't know where that bill is to pay my car tax. And I need my car tax paid because I need to take my car to the airport. Because I need to get to the airport to get on my holiday because I really need a holiday. And then suddenly we're like, oh my gosh, where are the tickets? We end up in this panicked fluster before God and our relationship is boiled down to God. I really need you now. And that's it. Some of us will say, you know what, actually sometimes God comes through in that moment and I don't even remember to say thank you. I am just so grateful to get in my house. I am so grateful to find those tickets. It's one of those prayers that comes with a knot in your stomach, with that panic setting over you. God, I really need this now. Please hear me. I am not saying do not pray in those moments. Prayer is crucial in those moments. Prayer is crucial in those moments. What I am saying is if the only time you are praying in those moments, God has become your crisis call. He is sat like an emergency service waiting for your call. Something like I imagine the Ghostbusters doing, just hanging out, waiting for that call to be like, now I can step into their life. Now they need me. Now they want me. Like I said, if you relate to that, if you find your prayer life is predominantly emergency calls to God because you need something, you're missing out. You're missing out. It's not a criticism. But again, it's not what we're called to. It's not the wholeness of what we have available to ourselves. The final one, my favorite one, largely because I made this myself, which I'm very pleased with. But string and cans, string and cans so close, so close that I can use a tin can that was holding soup this morning, a piece of string that I borrowed from my wife so that I can be in contact with someone. So close that actually the truth of the matter is the technology was so backwards we needed really to be within earshot of each other the whole time. 
See, I believe there is more to faith. There is more to God. There is more to all of this than simply checking in religiously on a Sunday. I believe there is more to faith. There is more to God. And there is more to all of this than a panicked prayer when everything goes pear-shaped. I believe wholeheartedly in a God who is close, who is involved in your daily lives from the most dramatic to the most mundane. That's the God I believe in. I believe in a God who is so close and so intimate that you can close your eyes, look sideways and speak to him like he was in the pew next to you. That's the God I know. That's the God I love. There are times when I do not treat him like that. I treat him like he's sat on a cloud. I treat him like he's an emergency service waiting for me to call in an emergency. But the truth of what I know is, and I hope this morning you catch a glimpse of it, is that Father God, who was so invested in life on earth, so invested in the daily lives of us that he sent his son to walk this very planet, to pay a price that we could never pay by sacrificing himself on the cross so that we could have relationship with God. And that did not look like a God on a cloud. It looked like a God present with us always. That's the price that Jesus paid on the cross. It was a price that allowed relationship and relationship to its fullest. What does it look like for us? when we begin to realize God is present always. That our prayer life doesn't need to be panicked. It doesn't need to check in. It is constant. It is daily. A God who promises to be present, to be close, and to be involved. So when you consider anxiety, when you consider peace, when you worry Know that God is not distant, waiting to step in. He is already present with you. This verse is talking about a depth of relationship. This verse is talking about not reacting to the moment, but instead living in amongst what God is doing. I'm going to read this verse again. I want you to consider it in this context. Knowing that God is right here with you now. And when you leave this place, right there with you as you leave. Wanting to catch the worry at its root. He wants you to be amongst his peace constantly, not just when there is a struggle. So let me read this for you. Philippians 4, 4 to 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love that. I love that realization that the outworking of that prayer, the outworking of that letter is not to say, you know what, God is there on call. It's to say that living life with God will result in you finding a peace that transcends understanding. No, it doesn't say you will live a life that has no problems in it. 
It doesn't say, stay close to God and everything will be rosy and peachy and actually you'll have this peace because everything is perfect. It's not saying that. What it's saying is, if you draw near to God and accept his presence is close, when those struggles come, when life becomes a challenge, there will be a peace in your life that does not make sense. That is God close by. When things get difficult, when there's a time in your life, when there's anxiety and pressures, that's not saying that in those moments, draw God in. What it's saying is in those moments, they will come. God is with you. And through relationship with him, you will see that he is good. That no matter how big the mountain that you face, he is bigger. Consider this, the God of creation... The God of creation sent his son to die on this planet, to walk this earth. And the reason is because he cares about you, about each one of us. So much so that he doesn't just sit on a cloud watching in like some giant Truman show on life down here. It was so that he could have relationship. So I don't know about you, but I want a tin can and string relationship with God. I don't need the thrills and all the other wonderful technology. I lean on it. I'm okay with it. But I don't want it to replace that intimacy with God, that closeness and that realness. So I challenge you this week, engage with God knowing he is beside you not up not distance but beside you and begin to see how that affects life when he is present in everything because that's his promise